0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about the Upper Room, please visit uh Let's have a prayer meeting for a little bit. He said his house will be a house of prayer. It's become a house of preaching. I love preaching. I love preaching, but... He said his house will be marked by this activity, and I really feel like he—he's highlighting something, and uh, I don't want to pass by it. I don't want to pass by it, and um, I want to give you context. What I see happening in the room, and it, it's in the Bible. I want to frame something for you because I think I'm going to frame what many of you are feeling. Um, you can be seated. That's cool. And you guys keep playing, please. Uh, we're gonna—we're gonna hop into. Can you just turn the lights up a tad bit? That's awesome. In John 12 Jesus Jesus would go um, this was this was a few days after um, he he rode into town on the donkey. In fact, John 12 talks about Palm Sunday and uh, he found the young donkey and he came in in John chapter 12, but but in verse 27 it, it, it shows you what Jesus the king, Hosanna, was going through as he's riding in on the donkey and they're laying the palms down. In, in verse 27, this is so, so important to see. Um, Jesus makes this statement about his soul. Now, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Everyone say your mind, your will, and your emotions. So it's, it's kind of your central processing unit to your being. Your body, soul, and spirit, but your soul processes what's happening to you. And, and something was happening to Jesus, and he was processing what was happening in his mind, in his will, and his emotions. And he describes what's going on internally. And this is what he says. He says, now my soul, John 12, 27. It says, now my soul. Everyone say Soul. Now my soul has become troubled. So Jesus, that word trouble means stirred, agitated, because of what he was facing. Internally, it's stirring his heart. And so he makes this statement, and it's really important. It's really important to see how Jesus processed trouble, because he would say this. He would say in John 14, verse 1, he would say, he would say, don't let your heart be troubled. So he would actually tell them, don't, Let your heart be troubled. Yet we see here, he's being troubled. The point, though, is that that don't let trouble overcome your soul. And what Jesus does in this moment is so crucial for us to see when our soul is troubled. And what I hear through intercession and worship and what the Holy Spirit's highlighting is, is he really wants to deal with things that are troubling your soul, and he wants to set you free from it internally. And look at this, it says, now my soul has become troubled. So there's two options. He has two options here in verse 27, when facing trouble. The first option is, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. What is that word save? It's sozo. It means rescue, deliver, heal. Now, we love sozo. We love the now sozo. Like, if you need healing, stand up. We're going to pray and sozo. This is the day of salvation, right? We love that. We believe that. We're for that. But the reality is it's a now and not yet. The reality is sometimes you pray that prayer in faith, the Lord does something, but, but you walk in faith knowing that he met you, but you, it's a process to that promise. And many of you are in process, and process is okay. I hate that word, <laughs> but we're all in it, yes? we're all in it we're all being transformed from glory to glory we're all being transformed into his likeness so we're all in process but some of us when we're facing trouble we cry out Lord save us and he hears our prayer and he actually answers our prayer but it's not oftentimes like we think he should and so we think something's wrong well you showed up to that person this way but you didn't do it in me. And so we're facing that trouble and we're praying that prayer. And so a lot of things creep into our soul because he didn't save us from that hour. Yet Jesus says something else. Look at this. What shall I say? Save me from this hour, question mark. But Jesus says this. He says, but for this purpose, I came to this hour. So so listen, Instead of stepping away from the hour and asking Jesus to save him from what he was going through, what Jesus does is he positions his soul and he says, no, 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 no. There's purpose in this. And he actually steps into it. And I think a lot of us spend a lot of time trying to get away from something that the Lord wants us to step into. But how do we step into how do we step into the trouble? How do we step into what we're facing? Jesus shows us. He shows us in the next prayer. He, he looks up to heaven and he declares something to his father who led him to this hour. And he says this He says, he says Father, glorify your name. Oh, the name of Jesus, in essence, he starts singing. He looks up and he says father glorify your name meaning meaning this trouble is unto the purpose of it is to bring glory to your name this this is bigger than me your life is not about you your life is bigger than you (laughs) and that There's something about knowing that, man, something bigger is going on, and you're going to use this to glorify your name. And listen, heaven responds to him. It's amazing what, 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 what the Father says. So as he steps into it, he says, glorify your name. And it says, then a voice came forth from heaven. So heaven saw, heaven's looking, heaven knows what the soul of Jesus is processing. He brings that before heaven and the father who's in heaven and he says father take this may this trouble be be a a pivot for me may it be something that i actually find leverage in and i declare glorify your name i'm coming above it and i'm bringing to you and heaven responds to the son to the son heaven responds to him and heaven's response is this this is heaven's perspective of trouble this is such an amazing reality that we all can live from. Heaven's perspective of Jesus' trouble is this. He says, he says, Father, glorify your name. And then the Father from heaven unifies his heart with the Son in the trouble that he's going through. And he says, I have glorified it and I'll glorify it again. M- meaning, meaning, from my perspective, I see glory to glory. Glory to glory, glory to glory, glory to glory. I've glorified it, and I'll glorify it again, and I'll glorify it again, and I'll glorify it again. Meaning the things that you're facing, I'm going to use to bring again my glory to the earth. And there's something about, listen, there's deliverance in this. There's deliverance for your soul because you can anchor yourself in the name and power and strength and might of his glory. It lifts you above what you're going through. It renews your mind. It brings alignment like it does so much to your heart. Although externally, things may not change. Internally, troubles dealt with because the glory and supremacy and weight and kabod and, and just reality of who he is for me and in me begins to transform me. And then you become thankful for the trouble. You're like, oh God, I'm so glad I went through that. And I've said this before, like we go from glory to glory to glory, but sometimes it seems like that too, although it's a really, really small word, it seems like it has a lot of O's. It's like glory to right. glory. <laughs> right? Right? But listen, it's in the two, it's in that two that, that faith arises and you begin to know the nature you begin to not walk by sight you begin to see into the eternal into the reality of who he is for you beyond what's happening to you and when you get above that oh my gosh it's like the world goes how does he how does she face that that way how are they walking through that trial with hope how are they getting joy how are they walking in life how are they not down how are they not discouraged how are they not Bitter and and critical and cynical. Why is life coming forth from them? Well, it's because it's because we've learned to position ourselves before Him, no matter what we're facing. Because in our weakness, He's strong. Let the weak say, "I'm strong," but we don't boast in our strength. We boast in the Lord and light of what we're going through, oh, you're my source. You're my hope. And you're going to bring glory to your name. Just spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. If if you don't know the end yet, the end is unto his glory covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. (laughs) So And what that means, what that means is that one day there will be no confusion as to who our God is. The weighty, kabod glory of his goodness, of his compassions, of his mercy, of his throne, of his rulership, of his reign. Who he is will not be questioned. There will not be confusion. There will not be doubt. There will not be cynicism. There will not be this jaded, postmodern relative, oh my God, you're God's your God and my God's my God, there will be one God, and we will see that his name is Jesus, and he is Lord of Lords, King of Kings, he's mighty and supreme. Come on, there's a witness in your heart this morning. This is good preaching, I didn't even plan on preaching, and only the Holy Spirit can do this, alright? Hey, listen, so I want to I beckon you, I want to I like provoke something in you to respond to respond. And what, what what am I responding to? You're responding. Listen, don't respond to him right now. Respond to the trouble. Respond to what's what's filing your soul. Respond to what's what's agitating your internal world reality that that allow that to, to, to push you underneath his supremacy, and then you give that to him. Use it as a weapon of praise, or as a, as a uh, tool or servant to help you praise and surrender and bring worship to him. Does this make sense? So if that's you, if there's trouble in your heart, if like what I'm testifying to is making sense, um, I want you to stand. <clears throat> this revelation that I'm, sharing with you came out of a prayer set this week it was our tuesday 12 to 2 prayer set last 30 minutes we tapped into the glory of god asking god to show us his glory based on this we said lord at the upper room we want your glory at the upper room we want to be marked by your glory and it's something that i think we do really well as a family we have ministered to intended to the glory of god now for seven years i have guys that come through and they say what's different about the upper room is that the glory is present and I don't even know some of the language like I'm like I'm okay cool it tests but something testified to me that there's this glory dimension that he's inviting us into through prayer on Tuesday and this is what the Lord said the Lord told me he said at the end of this prayer I, I thought I thought when I prayed it um, I really literally thought like the Shekinah Kabad glory of God was going to come into this room <laughs> like I was expecting like I've heard of it, I've read of it, like stories where the cloud fills the temple. Like I was ready for that glory, for what exists in his world to come into this one. I felt like he told me to do it. And it was with fear and trembling, I got on my knees and I prayed. And this is what I heard the Lord say as I prayed that prayer at the end of our prayer set. The Lord said, I've accepted your invitation. But this is what he said too. He said, but I will only come to a prepared place. And we've been in seven days of fasting. And I feel like what the Lord is doing, he's bringing divine order internally inside of ourselves. He's he's consecrating a people that when his glory comes, it won't consume them. When his glory comes, it can rest upon their lives because they've forsaken themselves and they've positioned their hearts to receive what he's ready to do. I don't know if that makes sense. It made sense when he told it to me. But I feel like what the Lord is doing is he's preparing you f- personally for your family, for your bit, whatever it is, for greater realms of intimacy, the knowledge of him. Like he is so jealous for you and he does not want this to steal what is rightfully his. Yeah, everyone just put your hand on your heart. And I just, I just want to assure you, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was tethered to the voice of his father. When he prayed that prayer, it wasn't just a, a religious, like, like theological thing that he did, like he wasn't just kind of lofting a hail mary into the spirit, hoping something would happen. It wasn't a hail mary prayer. It was it was exact and precise when he said, "Father, glorify thy name." He heard from heaven a voice that said, "I will glorify my, I've glorified it, and I will glorify it again." And I, I just feel like he's going to speak to some of you just to have the ears of your heart and the eyes of your heart open to what He's going to say. Some misinterpreted it. Some thought it was thunder, some thought it was an angel, but Jesus, because of what He was going through, knew, no, 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 no. This is the voice of my Father, the one who leads me, shepherds me, guides me. He's brought me to this hour and He's faithful to deliver me from it. He's faithful to give me strength to go through it. He's faithful to bring right out of wrong, good out of bad, light out of darkness, hope into hopelessness. He's the Messiah of your mess. He. He does what only he can do. He does what only he can do. Amen? He does his best work in these hours. Um, Lastly, we are uh, in the midst of a seven, this is day seven of a 14-day fast that we're doing corporately. A lot of our leadership is doing it. Uh, We feel, again, from the Lord that he's called us to fast in preparation for something. We're not fasting to get something from him. We're actually fasting just to prepare our hearts. I've, I've, Man, there has just been such a, a... a thing he's done in me personally. He's speaking to me about his agenda and what's important to him, <laughs> and I realize that what's important to him often isn't as important to me. And um, we need to be about what's important to our King. And uh, and I just feel like he's really highlighting that uh, in this season. And so I encourage you to join us um, in that. I want to share a word with you um, that I received this morning. Actually, uh, it really uh, touched my heart in such a, a deep way. Um, and then I, I may hop into a text uh, that, that that the Lord's highlighted. Um, I have 22 minutes, so uh, bear with me. Uh, I may be a little quick, but it was a year ago tomorrow uh, that I had preached a sermon on comparison. And I was walking off from that sermon, and the Lord encountered me right here on this carpeted area. Um, we went into a season of deep intercession and prayer as a community, I think many of you were a part of that, it got really strange and different, travail hit our community, do you guys remember this? Um, We would have services specifically in the PM where where people were just being sovereignly delivered, God was was encountering hearts and there was a groan that was coming forth from from our community and I, I feel like he was delivering us from things but I also think he was delivering something through us. travail prayer is a biblical prayer it's a way to pray and I believe he gave birth to something and I could I could show you what what that was over the last year Um, but but the Lord the Lord said hey we're in that season again and I'm I'm ready to come I'm ready to do something fresh and new once more and and I feel like this fast is under that but I got this word today that I just felt was so uh, important and and I want to share it with you because I think it gives context and language to where we're heading um, worship has been so key and vital for our community. We have really uh, gone deep in that revelation and teaching about how to minister to the God, how to approach Him rightly. There is not just an activity of worship that takes place in our church. W- worship is more than an activity. Worship has become our culture. There, there's a culture of worship. And, and, and what I mean by that is... is is we, we can worship beyond 22 minutes and not get bored with it. And, and it's, not, it's not just because we're charismatic. Right? You can label us, however. But, but I believe it's because we've sat in a revelation about what worship is and what it does and its importance for the people of God when they gather. Uh, I was with some pastors a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they were talking about a study, a legitimate study that came out that was uh, studying church demographics and strategies and um, how to affect and, and bring in the loss to the church. And, and this, this church, which is really awesome, and they have a mandate too, I believe they're an evangelistic church, they're saving thousands of people, but it came out that, 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 that worship over a certain time limit, actually unbelievers will check out and probably leave. And so they were talking about, man, this, this, this time limit's really, really important and one pastor was adjusting to come under the time limit so they can get to the message because the message is for the people. Like this time is for the people. It should be edifying and encouraging. And so he was making adjustments and they asked me about our community and I said, man, we've experienced something different. <laughs> and, and I don't, I'm not like tooting our horn. I don't, I don't believe like we're, we're special elite. I, I just believe we're on assignment. We have an assignment. I think we're being yes. faithful to it. Yes. But, but some of our greatest calls to salvation, and some of the, the times where we've seen the, the, the sickle come and yeah. pull the harvest in, is in like a uh, minute hour. In like minute 50, 60, or beyond, we, we talk to people about the environment and culture that we're in, and we, we say, hey, this is what he's like. Do you want to meet him? Do you want to give your life to him? And, uh, and they come. It's happened on Sunday mornings this year. And so I, I just, it's not an activity for us. It's a culture that happens morning, noon, and night regularly. Uh, and worship is agreeing with who he is. And when that culture is established, and man, There's a real clarity as to who the king is and what he's like and his peace, his love, his compassions, his presence embodies all of those things. His presence is his very essence and self. So when we talk about the presence, we're talking about Jesus. Jesus said, it's better that I go away. So when his presence comes, it's not just goosebumps. It is God Almighty coming to us it is the dispensation that we live in one day he will return and say i have eyes ears and a mouth but in this dispensation it's the spirit it's the presence it's the holy ghost it's his presence that comes and transforms us and so in first corinthians 14 it says when that happens and oftentimes the gifts awaken but the unbelieving ungifted fall down and they say god is truly here and, and we just feel like this is a part of who we are as a community. We don't apologize for it. We actually just want to press in further to it. And this word really highlighted um, that for me. Um, it's a woman out of Australia whom I don't know, but I trust who sent this to me. And again, it just resonated so deeply with me in this fast. And I want to present it to you. Um, it, it said she, she was awakened and, and one morning and the Lord told her, there's a new sound arising out of Texas. Yes. Now, I was just in Virginia Beach with our worship team. We led uh, about 1,000 students on Friday night in worship. Uh, because of what we've been sharing on YouTube, it's impacting a lot of people. And, uh, and I saw the impact that the sound from here is having on our nation, specifically millennials and the younger generation. Uh, the testimonies were outrageous. Leaders are asking about this culture. But, but, but something is brewing and stirring in our house, and I just want to acknowledge that. Again, it's not because we're special or elite or look at, look at us. I just believe it's an assignment that we have from God. It's an assignment. I just want to lay that before us, that if you're part of this house, there's a special assignment for this hour for us. And, and I feel like this new sound arising out of Texas is happening in other places, but it's definitely happening here. And so that caught my attention and said, the Lord showed me that this new sound that's arising out of Texas was a sound of worship to the king of glory. It was the sound of worship that had not been heard before. It was such a deep, weighty sound, a sound of worship that carried a breaker anointing unlike anything that had been heard before. The Lord showed me thousands upon thousands of believers all across Texas. They were face down and they were crying. There was a cry coming out of their hearts. And the thousands of believers, uh, the cry that was in them was deeper than they had experienced before. It was a cry for more. It was a deep birthing cry that shouted, I am thankful for what I've seen. I'm thankful for what I've walked in, but there is more. I'm not satisfied to stay where I am. I'm not satisfied until I see you like I've never seen you before. Anything that had fought for the affection of the heart other than the complete and utter devotion to Jesus was suddenly falling off. This corporate cry was rising up from all different places in Texas. And I heard the spirit of God say, it's birthing time again. It's birthing time again. It's birthing time again. I wanted us to lay hold of this in faith this morning. Let he who has ears hear what the Spirit of God is saying. I really believe the Spirit of God's... This We tapped into glory birthing last year. I really feel like the Lord is... He's provoking a hunger for more, to cry out for more. That wholeheartedly, our devotion is to you, Jesus. It's not unto us getting something; it's unto us beholding someone. And He's jealous to meet us in this place. But I just feel in my heart, I want to provoke you where you're at. Like, man, let's go for it. Let's let's like rend our garments. Let's rend ourselves. Let's rend our time. Let's rend just just throw off all that hinders and lay ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, we want to respond to this and we want to come and say, do it in me first. (laughs) I'm hungry and I want you. Listen, we need something. If you didn't see what happened yesterday, this generation is crying out for more. They're looking for a cause. They are. They're looking for a cause, and they're, they're pointing to this, and they're pointing to that, and they're looking to give their lives to something. If you're wondering why this millennial generation is mobilizing and gathering and, and, and surrendering themselves to the call of justice, racial justice, if it's gun control, if it's whatever it is, and the political spirit is, is just taking advantage of this season, but I'm telling you, beloved, it's what's happening in the kingdom of God. God. God is provoking a generation for a greater cause. And I believe as leaders in the church, if you're older, if you're a mother and a father, we have to know the hour and season that we're in. And we have to call them that this is unto awakening. It's unto revival. It's unto God doing what only God can do that we haven't seen in our generation. We haven't seen it before. He's awakening something in this hour. And my prayer is that we'll be ready to respond. There's like an alarm going off. And I just want us to awaken and arise and say, here we are, Lord. Suddenly, the Lord took me back to the new sound of worship. This this word's like three words long, but I thought this one really hit me. Suddenly, the Lord took me back to the new sound of worship that he spoke to me about coming out of Texas. The Lord showed me as this sound of worship to the king was rising from the body of Christ in Texas, things were going to be moved, shifted, and prepared in the spirit. The new sound of worship to the king, one of desperation for more, was preparing the hearts of God's people to receive him in a powerful way. It was preparing hearts, preparing churches, breaking limitations, invoking a new level of surrender in the hearts of thousands upon thousands to receive him in whatever form he comes, whenever he comes, however he comes. The cry for more was preparing the body of Christ in Texas to move further into a whole new era in An era that will be marked by awe. The restoration of the fear of God, awe and wonder to the church. The Lord gave me an image this morning as I was driving. How many of you hit the marathon? I hit it. Like, blocked like nine different ways I get to the upper room. there's only ten, so thank God. I had a weird morning if I couldn't come. um, (laughs) It would have been fine, but... uh, It was interesting because I was driving by, like I would be reading rerouted and I would have to to take a right and next to me though I was going down the path that the runners would run. And um and I noticed every mile there were stages. Like stages with instruments were set up. And so I got here and I was like, man, what what marathon is that? And I Googled it and it's the BMW, it's called the rock and roll marathon. And what happens is they they, you know, the gun goes off and they start running this twenty six mile, I guess it's twenty six miles, I think the Forgive me if the details are right, maybe a half mile, half marathon, but, but I know the marathon, every mile, they have stages, and the stages are, are, are bands playing, which, which to me, I, I started putting it together, and I was, I was trying to figure it out, and then I got, and I thought, oh, rock and roll, that, that'd be really cool to run in. Like if you're running, and you're like getting tired, and it's, you know, mile six, and here's the reggae band, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, or like... Mile, mile nine. It's like there's the country western band, and so you're you're anticipating what's coming on your race. Like I wonder what the next genre is going to be, or I wonder what the next station's going to be where there's a sound. And 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 I just thought about running to music. How long could you hear the music? I bet you could probably hear it for a quarter of a mile, and then it dies out, and then you're like thinking about the next one to come, you know? And so I just started thinking about, man, that would be super awesome. To run in, I actually I hate running. I can make it a mile, um, but I was like, man, I bet you I could at least make it two. That band to look forward to maybe three, four, five, six, seven. I don't know how far I could run, but but I bet you I could run a lot further in anticipation of the next stage and the next sound. And and so so I was just just like thinking about this in the natural and in the Holy Spirit. This word about a new sound coming forth. And I, I, I immediately saw the spiritual the spiritual parallels to what's happening in the natural, that there's a race that's been marked out for us. And we've been running, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And man, there's, there's, there's seasons in the kingdom, and there's seasons when he's playing this rhythm, and there's seasons when he's playing that rhythm, but our eyes are fixed on him, and we're moving from glory to glory, and as a community, we all are fixing our eyes on him. And we're just running, and man... Uh, the music's fading. Where'd the music go? I really like that season. And it's like, oh, I'm getting tired. I'm getting tired. And then all of a sudden in the distant future, there's a sound. There's like, oh, oh, I hear something and I know that sound. And I feel like the Lord is preparing us this new sound. It's under his heartbeat. It's under, it's under what he's doing. And he's unifying us around that because we're all running together, man. You're not alone in this. I'm in this with you. You're in this with me. We're not playing church. We're not. This isn't plastic. This isn't something that I have this big idea where Upper Room's going. No, 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 no. We're just running to the next mile marker. And I feel like the Lord, he's released His sound in the past, but I feel like there's something new that he's preparing us for. And I just want to strengthen your heart today that, man, if we can fix our eyes, fix our eyes. Fix my eyes on the author and perfecter of my faith. I know that a new sound, a new song, a new hope is coming. It's coming. He has something set up for us corporately and for you individually. It's a a you, me, and us. It's you following him. It's me following him. I can't follow him for you. You can't follow him for me. But you following him, me following him, makes an us following him. And that is much bigger than just, man, making it personal about me. We need you to do that. And you need me to do that. And together, whoa, greater things. What an environment or a message does like this is it exposes certain things in your heart. What an environment like this does is it exposes certain things. And, and my prayer is that, is that we'll respond. Like some of you are like, man, what's, what's he talking about? Where, where's, like, I'm used to a structured sermon format. Like, I haven't even gotten in the Bible. And it's like, okay, I'll get in the Bible, hold on. No, I, I did get in the Bible. I read John 12, so it's official. I, I laid out John 12. Um, but, but I just I just feel like the Lord is going to come to us. He's going to come to us in unexpected ways. He's going to come to you and wrap Himself in a packaging that He may not have previously. And and part of faith is being able to discern Him through through a packaging that you may not be used to. And I feel like He's going to package Himself in this coming like. In this coming hour where, where we're going to discern, I mean, it's not like he's, he's not trying to trick us, it's really him, but he, he wants to reveal something to us. And oftentimes it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. And I feel like together we're just being led and we're figuring this thing out, but that the Lord is provoking some things because he hasn't knocked on your heart ever before like this. Like what he's inviting you into. And I, I, that's why I just, I just feel like, man, it's a season of consecration. It's a season of, 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 of rendering. There's a season of like getting right with him. Taking serious your walk with the Lord. Like getting rid of compromise. Getting rid of, of, of where there's justified, you know, ill yuck inside of you. Because like I feel like this is the hour of invitation. Amen and amen. So I just want us to respond before him. Is that cool? How, how many of you feel provoked, stirred? All right, me too. Let's do this together, man. Let's do it. Let's get in a rhythm together. Watch, watch what he does. Man, if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand, how many can a thousand? Honestly, how can a thousand of unified believers on assignment with the Lord position for such a time as this? How, what could the Lord do with a unified mind, a unified heart, where we break the religious mold and structures? And, man, we're really willing to go hard after him. That, that worship, man, worship, 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 worship's our weapon, worship's, worship's. Worship what sets us up. But you've received the word today. You've received ministry. You've received all the things that the church valued happen today. But it's through worship that we've gotten here. I'm I, Listen, it's just... Man, he's he's beckoning all of us into a new place of trust, a dimension of like, man, I'm going to respond when I hear your voice. I'm going to respond at the restaurant. I'm going to respond at my workplace. I'm going to start stepping into things differently. He's confronting things in me about parenting, about the way I'm responding to my six-year-old when she gets up at night. It, like I used to like... It, kind of agitated and frustrated and the Lord is like so pinpointing issues in my heart that are being exposed that my six-year-old's drawing out and he's saying son I'm jealous for your heart and I'm using your daughter to expose something in you and so I'm like oh God I need you help me help me to become a better dad help me to become loving when she wakes me up at 4:15 in the morning for the ninth time you know, it's like, it's like, no, 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 that's, that's, you can't justify that. Like, man, you're her father responding in love. Perfect love casts out fear, not discipline, not frustration. And so, like, for me as a father, he's really confronting some things, but I probably see those things showing up in other areas. And so I'm just owning those things before him and saying, Lord, transform me. Start with me. Lord, I want to look at my life. I want to look at what's happening in me. And I feel like one of the reckonings that's happening in us and reckoning in a good sense is sexual purity. He is jealous for a bride that will not sell her soul out to the harlot of this age. Sexual immorality is, it's devastating us. It is the Keeley's heel. And man, few know about it, it's hidden, it's quiet, it's not really hindering my marriage, it's not really hindering my relationships with girls or boys, it's not really hindering my call. And I want you to know that the enemy is stealing, he's killing and attempting to destroy your soul through what you're feeding on and it's time that we just get honest it's not that what's available he's there he's in that place with you he has not separated himself from you but he's saying listen let's do it my way come under my love come under me and trust me and watch me lead you out of this we watched a video last night called the heart of man it's on Netflix if you're struggling with sexual brokenness I highly encourage you to go get it it's a prophetic just word for us i was in tears last night because i have seen the lord do that in my life he's delivered me from sexual brokenness he's restored me and he can do it to you but you've got to, you've got to own up to it and get honest so there's that realm i mean there's just he's just jealous this isn't a do more this isn't me putting something over you this is me inviting you into the love and mercy and truth and grace that only he can provide i don't do you a disservice I don't do you a disservice if I don't show you what truth can empower you unto. He frees you into truth and he frees you into himself and the holy spirit being lord of your life and truth from here it penetrates your heart and it sets you free and so part of what's being provoked is a hunger for more and you're like you're insulated and like in this in this place of complacency but the lord is putting the fire of his love in that and he wants to burn away the things that are insulating you from him this isn't about you entering into your ministry entering into your destiny this is about you knowing jesus Who may in the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. That only Jesus can provide for us. This is the generation. This is the generation. I'm throwing off everything that hinders. I'm throwing off everything that entangles. For the race set before me, I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith, who for the joy set before him endured the two. I I know a new sound's coming. I know a new sound's coming. I know a new sound's coming. Put your feet into the gospel of peace. Take a deep breath and journey. With us. I just hear a liberty bell in the spirit. It's like. I too, it's like, you know, like that that triangle that they that you know those dog commercials, Alpo dog commercials, and they're like and the dogs come running like from the, not that you're dogs and not that this is an Alpo commercial, but but the, I just hear that triangle sound, that clarion call. It's like this liberty sound. And I believe uh, freed people free people. Whole people make people whole. You can only give what you've received. And so we're just not going to play church and be anointed and... And I'll talk about the glory. Let's live it. Let's let this thing. Let's let it play out into our lives. And I love the anointing, and I love the glory, and I love all that. But but it, 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 there's a practical expression for it. Amen. And so I just want to call you. I want to call you. I want to call those that are far off in the foreign places. Those that feel like, man, I used to be in the house. I used to have the ring and the robe, the signet. Just just identifier that man I'm a son or daughter and I feel like tonight that call is for those that are in the foreign far-off places. He's calling you home. You're still his son. You're still his daughter. You're not too far off. He's beckoning you saying come 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 come. I hear that come out come out wherever you are. He's saying now now now. Like there's a grace for this moment for you to step into it and it's like an alignment. I'm going to get into this crew, and man, it's going to be like Forrest Gump, we're just going to have this massive people of running that race, you know, it's like, man, it just started out like three of us, and now like, like this horde of people, we got the big beards, and we won't do that, that's the image I have, and some of you, it's like, it's like, I think of that, that image of Forrest, remember when he's running through the desert, And it's like these people have followed him out to nowhere, but I feel like there's some of you that are in a desert land and you see these people running, that they have strength in this terrain that you've been living in. And it's like, this is your call because our eyes are fixed on the author, the source of our faith to get us through. And I feel like he's saying, "Come come and link up, come and find a source for your faith or for your heart. And that's that liberty bell. It's like, join the throngs, join the runners. So come on, who is that? Who is it? Just stand up, like stand up, say it's me. I'm re- I'm ready to run. This is like a call. Hold on. All right. That's like antiseptic. Like he, he's he's like numbing you because he's ready to come in deep into your heart. Yeah 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 oh yeah la. So you're like, yeah, get ready, because the sword of the spirit divides. The sword of the spirit, like it cuts deep. And so I don't want to, upper room, we're not, we're we're, we're after the substance, the heartbeat, who he is. So, okay, so just place your hand on your heart. Thank you for listening to this message. For more information about the upper room, please visit europe.org.